Hey folks, Scotty Keogh here. Now, a wise man told me once, if you're gonna take advice off someone, just make sure he does it for a living. Cause if he gets it wrong, it affects his table. Now when it comes to feeding horses, I feed Riverina products. They've assembled this product with not only the best team of nutritionists available, but also collaborating with some of Australia's most prolific horsemen who have shown more horses and won more blue ribbons than anyone. So if you want to do the best thing by your horse, trust the professionals and use Riverina. You're listening to the Swapping Lies podcast with Scotty Keogh. If you want to take your horsemanship to the next level with downloadable videos, equipment, merch and DVDs with proven results, visit skhorsemanship.com.au and find out why they sell in nine countries with Scotty's clear, understandable methods with no gimmicks, just authentic horsemanship that will make your next ride a better one. In the Australian sport of camp drafting, for those of you not that familiar, the Holy Grail is basically the Warwick Gold Cup. Now, very few will argue that point. There's been bigger drafts come on in recent years that have got more money, but basically Warwick is the Melbourne Cup of camp drafting. Now, at the Warwick Gold Cup, there is actually two open camp drafts, the Gold Cup itself and the Kennings Downs, which is basically the same. It's it's nearly as prestigious, it's the same great competitors and same difficulty to win. Um, very, very few people can say they've won both. This guy, he turned up, won both on the same day, on the same horse, on his first attempt. Okay, hasn't been done before, hasn't been done since. Uh, I'm not sure how this interview is going to go. We're talking about a humble man from the bush here. Uh, but today, on the other end of the line, we've got the one and only Jeff Schrader. How you going, Jeff? Yeah, good, thanks. Good, mate. Now, um, one thing that I truly enjoy when I talk to people like yourself is no one gets to start at the finish. I'd like to hear all about your start. I associate you with a man from the Channel Country, but you were actually born around the Northern Rivers, weren't you, Jeff? Yeah, I left Clyde when I was 14. So, growing up in Kyogle, mate, were your parents good horsemen or were they winning drafts, anything like that? No, no, mum never done nothing. She, all she done was milk cows. Right. So, you just, just a kid grew up on the edge of town milking cows, like you didn't have any sort of formal training or pony no, club, mate? No, we, we had a pony. I used to ride a pony, this pony club and that now and again, yeah. Um, so, you, you didn't have, um, you were just another just another barefooted kid running around town, I suppose. You weren't going to be the next big rider or anything like that? No. Right. I uh, didn't, didn't go to school much. What grade did you get to? Well, I six, I think, down there. Grade six. You reckon that was enough? Yeah. Every you doing other things on horses and then go to school. Yeah, right, mate. So what the bush and the cattle, was that was always something that really interested you? Yeah. Okay. So, um, upon leaving school, mate, did um, what did you do? Did you head head bush? Did you? Yeah, I had two brothers on, on a place more to West Windora. I went out there. West of Windora. Yeah. Geez, that would have looked a lot different to Kyogle, wouldn't it? <laughs> Say that again. Holy hell! A little bit of a colour change. Um, yeah. So, mate, what, what was the case of catch a greyhound bus and head into the wilderness, or what were you? Just no, there's a mate, a mate of my brother's going back out there to work next door, so I got a lift out with him. Righto. And what was the station you got your first job on? 
Mooney Plains. Mooney Plains. And can you remember what wages you're on? Oh, $36 a week. $36 a week. Yeah, right, eh? And, mate, uh, were, you, were you drawn to that country out there? Did you did you thrive on it or could you see yourself yeah, doing anything else? Yeah, I went down there with that. I stayed there for three years before I went back to see mum, yeah. Yeah, right, eh? In your life out there at those stations early, was there some good head stockmen or men in your life that you think sort of helped shape you? Yeah, there was... Yeah, plenty of, plenty of old, old ringers out there. Yeah, they were good to watch or listen to, yeah. So were you having a run in the draft by this stage? No, nah, not not for a few years. Sort of no drafts out that way. We just, all we done was work. All we did was work. So did, when you got to town, were you doing any rough riding or were you breaking in your own horses, anything like that? No, we broke everything in the station, yeah, broke heap of them in. Okay. So uh, after leaving that station, what was the next move, mate? Oh, I worked there for 11 years in the morning and then oh, in the meantime I got married, found myself a wife out there. Yeah. And then I went to a, a neighbour place of manager there for a while, a couple of years, then he sold out and then I went to Sandy and worked for Eskidden and Co. How long were you at, um, is it Sandringham, isn't it? Yeah. How long were you on 30, that station? 30 years. 30 years, I'll be bugging. Right, so how old were you when you started camp drafting? Oh, probably 20. Okay, so can you remember your first run? Were you just on a issued station horse, or can you remember it? Yeah, just horse that we broke in and that, yeah. Yeah, it got going from there. And was there a fire in your belly, mate? Did you sort of catch a bug? Is this something you said, I, I want to try and get really good at this? Oh, I tried. Well, I think you did a pretty good job of that. Um, but what I'm trying to say is you're obviously a work come first, I'm guessing, and you only went to what local drafts you could get to. But somewhere in there, mate, you must have, you know, watched the better guys in the area or did you have a mentor? No, I didn't have a mentor. I just watched the better better blokes to see what they'd done with their horses and all that sort of stuff and learned from there. And when I went to Sandy and there, we used to – by then I was – had a fit, couple of good horses and that, and uh, I used to go up to Mount Isa and all them country from Sandingham. Yeah, right, oh. So how old were you when you won your first open draft? Can you remember? No, oh, no, I wouldn't remember that. <laughs> Too <far> back. <laughs> That's all right. So, uh, so what I'm trying to get at here is uh, I think your generation and, well, here's something that's lost, the art of watching. The art of watching is lost because I know this because I coach horsemanship clinics too and, and people turn up with a blank look on their face, not everyone, of course, and you better have a good delivery. You better be able to spell it out because these people are basically saying, you know, I've paid my couple hundred dollars, you teach me. <laughs> where I caught yeah. the tail end of your era where you better watch, okay, because A, that old boy – if he wanted to put it into words, he might not even be able to. That's if he wanted to help you. Okay, so I think you guys could watch, and I think that's something that's lost. Would you agree yeah. with me? Yeah, totally. Right. So, um, so you reckon what you're in the mid twenties, late mid twenties, thirties? When did you become the more dominant guy out there in the channels? Like you were the guy. Like wh what age were you? Oh, geez, I don't know. <laughs> 30, no, probably 30, I suppose. 
Okay, so how old were you that year you came to Warwick? Oh, I was in, oh, I don't know, 88 that was. 88? I wouldn't have a clue. I'm 76 now. I wouldn't have a clue. That's all right. So I had, I had three kids, so I must have been getting a bit old. Well, I reckon Carolyn was eight, if that makes it easy for you. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah, I think me and Carolyn are the same age. So tell me this. Your first trip to Warwick... Did you think you could win them? Like, did you go there saying, I'm ready, my horse is ready, or were you like, oh, my God, there's Bobby Palmer, there's Terry Hall, I'm, you know, I'm lost? What, tell me what your mindset was. No, I just went there as a bushy and just, oh, really nervous myself and just it all, all went okay. You were just hoping it went okay. Um how many horses did you have on the truck? Uh, five. Oh, you had five. So yeah. now the horse you wanted on Bernie. Um, yeah. Tell me about him. Where did he come from? How did you get a hold of him? Oh, well, he bought a horse, uh, second or quarter horse called Bernie Razor, and I bought him off a Rover, and he had a Rover's mare. Yeah, right. How old a horse was he when you got him? Two-year-old. What was he like to be around that horse? What was his demeanour? Was he tough or was he a pretty pliable horse? No, he's pretty pliable horse. He's had plenty of brains, I suppose. No, he done a lot of work in the bush there. We went to Sandingham. He was only young, but, yeah, we, he done a lot of, lot of work out there. Yeah, righto. And, mate, did you have any, uh, as far as breeding goes, were you – ever like driving to the Hunter Valley to, to get the better genetics or anything like that, or were you just riding what you had? No, nah, just riding what, what we had. So what about Shoestring? That's another horse, I don't know how many ribbons Shoestring won. Where did she come yeah. from? Yeah, I bought him off Roger Jeffries. Yep. When he's a two-year-old. Yep. Unbroken and broke him in and everything. And when you... When you say you broke him in, mate, did did you have any American influence in any of your style, or was it just a drive or two in the yards and out the gate? Like, what what was your what was your philosophy on starting those young horses? Yeah, just mouth them and then drive them in the yard for a couple of days and then let them go bush. So the Jeff Schrader that ran Sandringham for thirty odd years, what would you have been like to work for? No, probably terrible. No, I think I was all right. Men stayed with me, kept coming back for a few years, so couldn't have been too bad. Yeah, right. Pretty tough camp? Yeah. Well, well we tried to run a tough camp. Dry camp? Yeah, a dry camp. Yeah, I, I had a couple of old fellas there that couldn't handle grog, so we couldn't have grog there. Yep. I used to go on a bender every couple of weeks, and when they got cranky, just, they'd come to you and say, oh, I'll go, go away, and away they go, and then they'd spend all their money and then come back again. Yeah, righto. So there's a job waiting for them when they returned. Yeah. There's always plenty of work to do, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, they good, good old fellas, but, yeah, the grog had a better room. Yep. So tell me this. Were you ever a rough rider, Jeff? No. Not, not out of no, only, only on the station, that's all. Yep. Well, I bet you were hard enough to shift in a poly saddle, I bet. <laughs> so tell um, me, mate, where did, like, you train racehorses now? Yeah. Where did your love for the thoroughbreds kick in? Is that probably a Western thing where you go to a draft and it's got a bush race? And am I guessing where did that all kick in? 
Yeah, when we we lived around Windora for a couple of years after I got married, and a mate of mine he had he used to, was a jockey and he had a razor and that, and we just I just got into that on these grass fed meetings. Yep. So where's home now, mate? Jindowie. Jindowie. And just out of Dalby. And you've still got a couple of racehorses in work? Yeah, I've got a few in here at the moment, yeah. Yeah, right. And you still get a kick out of it, mate? Yeah. Still, still like it, yeah. Yeah, right, eh? You're listening to the Swapping Lies podcast with Scotty Keogh. So tell me this. I bet, or well, I don't know if anyone could have predicted the popularity rise in camp drafting. What would you do, I, I feel for, because I'm kind of one of them, the weekend warrior. He doesn't go mustering. He doesn't have a pile of work for his horse, things like that. What, what advice would you give to people starting in the sport? Well, yeah, well, I'd have to sort of look at the horses they're going to buy, really. If you've got no work for them, you've got to buy one that's very quiet, for a start off, you know, and make sure it's not going to do anything silly so you don't have to send it to someone to work it. Or, or I suppose you, you probably need a bit of quarter horse in them sort of horses to better temperament. Stock horse, he sort of got a bit of go in him, hadn't he? Yeah, well, he, he was bred to do a job, wasn't he, initially? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, I see it too at my breaking in yards. Like, it sort of goes hand in hand. As, as much as you don't want to say it, the most incompetent people own the worst horses. That's how it goes. I mean, you yeah. you don't run into Ian Francis or someone and, and say, what are you riding these days, Ian? He doesn't mention some 12-year-old unhandled, unbranded, you know what I'm saying? That They're, they're yeah. the ones that are riding something really trainable. And sadly, the other end of the people are riding something that's probably pretty hard to train. That's right, yeah, yeah, well... I, I think them people are just starting out. They got to go to them horse sales and and uh, watch the horses go and and who's riding them. Like uh, you saw that not everybody can train them either properly, really. Yeah. Yep. No, that's that's the hardest thing. Um, and what would you say is the best horse and rider combo you've ever seen in your life? If if you could pick one, who would be oh. on their day? If you had to have a runoff, who would you not want to be running off with? Oh, Terry Hall. Terry Hall riding what? A running con man horse he got. <laughs> Any of them? Yeah. Any probably, of them? Probably list a hundred of them. <laughs> he probably had that many, but yeah. Probably had a hundred of them. Um, who would you say in all your years in the bush is the toughest bloke you've seen on a rough horse? Rough horse. If you had to back a man to ride a rough horse in a, in a work saddle, who would it, who would it be? Oh, shit. That's a bit hard, that one. Seen that many, I don't know which one. Did. Oh, well, I had a young fellow working for me, but he, uh, oh, what was he doing? He, he'd hang up on anything pretty well. Peter Hill. Uh, Peter, Peter Cockroach, that's his name. What's his name? Peter Cockroach. Peter Cockroach. Mm. Yeah, right, oh. Pretty sticky ringer, huh? <laughs> He could hang up there. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying he's the best, but he's the one I can think of now. It would only be starvation or a good woman get him out of the saddle. I'd say so. Yeah, righto. Tell me about uh, Sandringham, mate, because I'd never been to the channels till I think this time last year I went out and did a clinic at Baduri, and it was just amazing. You know, I was captivated by it. It's uh, probably a pretty special place when you – like I grew up my life in the Darling Downs. Um, and when those – 
people out there start talking distances and sizes and amount of cattle, it's it's mind boggling if you've never done it really. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it is. I mean, how how big a place was Sandringham? Yeah, it was four and a half thousand square miles. Jeez, what's that in acres? Do you know? No, I wouldn't have a clue. It wasn't real big place. A lot bigger place than that out there. It was only little compared to other places. And how many and what sort of cattle would you run? We used to run about eight to ten thousand there. Of of cows, is it? Cows and calves, yeah. Mother we cows. had bullocks a lot. We, we had a bullock paddock. We used to put the steers in the bullock paddock. And so we is actually fenced off, or could cattle come walking in and out of the desert? No, it was fenced off at the end. It wasn't when I first went there. Holy hell. There was fences, uh, no fences. We only had well, one little, one horse paddock when I went there. Yeah. One horse oh, paddock? One other paddock, yeah, but really only one horse paddock. So did the helicopters come in and make life a lot easier with mustering out there, mate? They did at the end, yeah. So in your early days, was there lots of camping out when you were mustering? Yep, we, yeah, we lived out there in the camp, yeah. Lived out in the camp. And then hobble our horses out. They never had no paddocks. They just hobble them out and go and get them next morning and that afternoon and take them, yeah. Yeah, right. It's not the life for everyone, mate, is it? Yeah. Yeah, right. What do you love best about that lifestyle? What kept you out in that country? Oh, I don't know. I just like working cattle and horses. And what's the longest dry spell you can ever remember out there? Oh, I don't know. We, yeah, one year, I don't know what year it was, but one year we got down to about 5,000. We were pretty lucky because Kidman had cattle, our places everywhere we could just send them to them to the, Channel can't bring them into the channel country. Okay, so because it was part of the Kidman, Kidman network, you could move your cattle around. Yeah. What's the driest you remember it out there? Like, there must have been times where it didn't rain for years. <laughs> yeah, it didn't rain for a couple of years, but yeah, I don't know what year it was, but it was, uh, I think it was out there in 78 or something, but yeah, oh, I couldn't tell, couldn't name it at the moment. You got that many of them, you didn't sort of keep record of them. When I meet people from out there, I think, don't you want to just own 400 acres at Kyogle? <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> well, you look outside and you've got a little irrigated loosened patch or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I was a bit of a mile. I didn't, I loved the bush and didn't like, that really like crowd of people. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. What would you say is your biggest achievement in your camp drafting? I'll be winning them to work. Yeah, it's got to be. But other other than that weekend, I was talking to Tommy Williamson, and, and he said if you go back and look through whatever book, I, I just forget it was now, I apologise, you probably finaled more horses over a period of two decades than anyone. <laughs> well, a mate of mine did the stats. He reckons it's right. You weren't you weren't a flash in the pan. That's that's for damn sure. Oh, uh, pretty 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 mild when we went in there. Didn't sort of. A bit frightened to do anything, really. But uh, mate, it must have been. Well, was it the highlight of your year? Was was that what Warwick was to you back then? Yeah, it was that year. Yeah, yeah, it was the Holy Grail. Um, do you still compete, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, still enjoy it. Yeah, love it. Just getting a bit useless now, but. And tell me this: uh, the change, mate. Like I'm guessing your early camp draft runs were enter on the day. Now, now it's through a computer-animated system and you better be on the job. 
That's right. How do you get you on with that, mate? Quick. I think you must have a secretary. How do you get on getting your entries in? Yeah, my daughter does that, Christina. Yeah, righto. Well, that comes in no, handy. There's no chance of me doing it. I can't even turn the computer on. Yeah, righto. And you you have um, – you're not a man that's not afraid to stay with your roots. Like, you, you, you still – uh, I was talking to your daughter, Carol, on the phone the other day. I think you still dress the same as you did when you won the Gold Cup. <laughs> so um, so what about this, mate? Any any goals left uh, with the horses, mate? You've, you've spent a lifetime of horses and cattle. What would uh, what, What's your goals at the moment with your horses? Oh, gee, I haven't got any. I just, I'd love to win another Gold Cup. That won't happen, but, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't count you out. Do you still breed a few, do you? No, not really. Oh, I breed a couple, yeah, not many, but yeah. You still go to the drafts. Who who do you see is, is the best hand going around now? I mean, there's so many of them. Who who captures your attention? You know, you'd have to say Ben Hall. Yeah. He could pick he could pick cattle out of nothing. Pick cattle out of nothing. There'd be cattle. There'd be no cattle in there. Be going and pick one and get ninety with it. Yeah. It's just unreal. And that Will Durkin's not too far behind either, is he? No, he's right there. They're both pretty. They're both good mates, so they they probably both learn off each other. Yeah, pretty hard duo right there, aren't they? Yep. Um. Yeah. Right. So tell me about the racehorse side of things, mate. Um. I love it. I love the thoroughbreds. What makes you get up of a morning and go to the track? Yeah, I don't go to the track. I just train them here in the little place. Yeah, right. Oh, so do you do you still do you get up in the pad yourself or anything? No, not much now. No, it just yeah, I take them to Jim Dowie if we're going to go up on Sunday. That and that he works here on a speed lot. Yeah, right. Oh, well, you got a bit of family help there, anyhow. Yeah, yeah, sure. He does all the back, all the outside work, like feeding them and cleaning the yards. Yeah, right. Oh, can you still shoe one? Yeah, I shot two, one last two days. I've shot one. one. Yeah. It takes a while, but yeah, I get them done. That's all right. Doesn't matter if it's one foot a day. It's still better than paying 160 bucks, I reckon. Bloody oath. <laughs> Bloody oath it is. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I come down here, I couldn't believe that, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, well, I mean, the Farriers have done a good job of getting their trade, you know, up where it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a horse breaker and people still want you to get on a rough horse for $10 and a pumpkin. <laughs> you know, I'll buy, buy you an ice cream next time I see you. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of people like that don't want to pay for anything. Yeah, but it, it's it's all catching up. I mean, it's, it's so expensive to go anywhere now, cost of living, you, you can't do it for nothing. That's right, eh? Um, so getting back to that channel country out there, mate, there must have been some amazing horsemen and stockmen that never won a ribbon or got recognised in an arena-type environment. Oh, yeah, there's heaps of them. A lot of them real old but have never even went anywhere, you know, so just go to the pub. That's all they thought of us. That'd be right, yep. And uh, there was probably like an Afghan sort of influence there too at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I- yeah. A lot of them fellas on them stations, they had heaps of good horses but didn't go nowhere, you know. Didn't have a, they didn't have a truck or anything. They just sat on the station and worked them and that was it. Yeah. Yep. It's a different era now. We we live on social media and, and I can't talk. It's it's your highlight reel and, and every time you get a fifth place ribbon at the local Jim Carney, you've got to put it up on Facebook and let everyone know. <laughs> yeah. You know, those old boys would have done some amazing feats and no one would know. 
That's right. They were, yeah, all them old fellas when I was a young fella, yeah. They had they were all own station, all of them had their own. They were all good horses. You know, used to do a lot of cutting out on the flat. They never had no yards to put them in to draft them, so they just cut them out on the flat. Hey, folks, Scotty Keogh here. Now, a wise man told me once, if you're going to take advice off someone, just make sure he does it for a living, because if he gets it wrong, it affects his table. Now, when it comes to feeding horses, I feed Riverina products. They've assembled this product with not only the best team of nutritionists available, but also collaborating with some of Australia's most prolific horsemen who have shown more horses and won more blue ribbons than anyone. So if you want to do the best thing by your horse, trust the professionals and use Riverina. What about when it comes to breaking in? Can you think of the best guy you ever saw catch a wild horse in a yard? Nah, I don't know. Nah, I never seen none of them. We used to all run it in the bushway. In a bushway, got a rope on him. Got a rope on him and then went from there. And we use Bronco branders, mate? Yeah, I done plenty of that. Done yeah. plenty of it? Yeah, right. See, all, all that stuff's sort of lost, isn't it? Yeah, it's all gone, eh? Yeah. yeah. Bronco branding, yeah. Well, there's none of that, that sort of work about now. I remember a fella telling me that John Quintana once said that cattle, like in the Territory region or wherever he was at, he said, went to shit when we stopped roping them. He said, you yeah. know, when, when they'd all been roped and they knew not to stick their head out of a mob. That's right, yeah. Well, yeah it sort of changed them. They go to the yard now and run through the yard and don't sort of get half choked, you know, like when you rope them and that. Yeah, change has done it. I remember... Seeing 2,000 head coming into the yards one day there at, uh, oh, we're just outside of Normanton there or something like that, and there was choppers in the sky, and the manager was saying just how efficient it was going to be. Like, these cattle were only going to be off food and water for such a minimal time and what a minimal loss it'll be um, on, you know, at the bean counter's end, and, and that's, guess what matters now? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, all rush. Everything's rushed these days, eh? Yeah, well, I guess it is, and it doesn't matter what we do. Is uh, we're all, it's always the clock in it. There's always a deadline. Yeah, always some 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 reason why you want to hurry. What about driving horses in the long reins, mate? Was that something that you have seen a lot of old boys do? Yeah, we done a lot of that. We, I still do that. Yeah. Would you say you've seen some very good guys in the long reins? Yeah, real good. Yeah. Would they come from maybe a harness background, something like that? Oh, yeah, could do or something. I don't know, yeah. Yeah, right. Most of them old fellas used to do it that way. Yeah. Plenty plenty okay. of hobbles too, all all sort of old school like that? Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't reckon I'd ever seen a real good guy in the long range till I seen some harness fellas. Yeah. Um, I think I think the guys I was around relied on being a bit salty and bronc riders and near enough was good enough so get on him. Yeah, a lot of them do that, eh? Hey? Yeah. yeah, used to. Yeah, it was just near enough was good enough, get on him. And then you yeah. better you better be half froggy once you get up there where I seen some guys with a bit of a harness background and they might have took an extra day or two, but when you gave him his first ride, it was a ride. Yeah. Yeah. None of them do that now, they all too busy hurry to get on. And mate, was there any like hackamores or anything American going on out in the channel country? No. Not just saying <laughs> What, just you, a straight old bar bit, all we had for years. Do you only own the one bridle, probably? 
Yeah, we did then. <laughs> so there was no no shank bridles, no hackamores, no riding young horse in halters? No, nah, not in my, my day, no. Nah. Not when I was young, for the, at the end there was, yeah. What about a lead pony when you were working them young breakers? Yeah, we used to lead them around the yard and that, that's about all. Yep. We never let them outside or nothing. And did you ever have to hook up a wagon as a food cart? No, I never had a wagon, no. Yeah. What about camels? Well, you ever work with the camels out there? No, not plenty out in the desert. No, no I never had enough much to do with camels. I bet you ate one, have you? <laughs> I tried one, yeah. <laughs> you didn't like it? No, it wasn't too bad, but yeah, a bit different. And on that Sandringham place, could like wild cattle just walk in, like just appear? They did, they did. They they did come in there when I first went there before they put the fence up, the boundary fence. But there was a weed they called paracuria. They could go out in the desert for two or three months, live on that, and then have to come back into water. What's the the plant juicy enough they don't have to drink, is it? Yeah. Does it send them mad or anything? Yeah. We had... We had one paddock on Sandingham up one end, no water. They used to live up there for a fair while, just living off that. And is that where they could get in a real pickle because they're out there on that weed, then all of a sudden the weed dries up and there's no water? They could do that, and, and especially, especially with cattle, if someone brought them in, they'd go out, they'd get lost and sort of they could go right down other side of birds without hitting a fence, you know, all that desert country, they can go for miles. Yeah. And have you ever seen a big mob walk out sort of to their death, have you? No. They used to, well, where I was, they used to mostly come back to big water rolls. Yeah. But yeah. they were bred cattle out of it. We never used to put strange cattle out outside of the place because, of course, for that reason, you know, they get out and get lost. They'd, they'd keep going south. They wouldn't come back into wherever they belong, really. So the bred cattle just sort of know, know the lay of the land, do they, mate? Yeah, they just, like any the bread there, they just know where to go. And how often would those cattle get interacted with, mustered with? Is it like just once a year or? Oh, no, we used to muster them two or three times a year. But it took us, when we went there, went to Tenningham, there was heavy on TB and brucellosis, so we had to fence up and muster all the pay clean. And what are all them bulls and that, we had to get rid of them all. At the end, we had some you couldn't get. We had to shoot them, clean the paddocks up. Oh, was that when they were eradicating all the sort of the, the TB, was it? Yeah. Well, when, when I first went there, yeah. Yeah, right. I don't even really remember those days. I remember hearing people talk about it. Oh, yeah. So where yeah. would the cattle that you turned off, where would they get slaughtered from? So hang on. So the people that don't know, we're talking Sandringham as in Baduri, like Cameron's Corner. Yeah. So what do you call town, as in decent hospital, decent school, sale yards? Oh, they used to go to Dinmore, all the cattle from out there. So that's Brisbane. Yeah. Um, what about as far as to do a grocery shop or to get to a decent doctor or that? Where, how far are you got to go? We have to go to Mount Island. How far is that? Six hours. Geez, that's a long way to go if you've been gored by a bull or something, isn't it? Oh, uh, we fly a doctor come pick you up if you're bad, eh? <laughs> how bad's bad? <laughs> oh, well, dangerous. How bad, how weak you were, I suppose. 
I think you are a different breed out there, and I'll tell you a story. We're at Merry Jig Rodeo in Victoria once, and Kelly and Darcy Daly, you'd know their families well, mad, yeah. tough, tough as teeth. They were, those, yeah, those two boys, and Mark Walsh, another good man from the country out your way there, they're travelling together. Anyhow, Walshy has been knocked out smooth off this bronc. I mean, I think he's dead. And they chuck him in the Land Cruiser, and we're at Merry Jig. Like, it's up in the high country. Like, if you're driving to a doctor, you've got a ways to go. And they, yeah. they head off in this Land Cruiser, and I'm thinking, shit, they're, they're getting Walshy to hospital. But I turn around five minutes later, Kelly and Darcy are back. And I looked at them, I said, where's Walshy? They said, just in the cruiser, why? I said, you can't leave him in the cruiser. They looked very offended at me and with pride said, we parked him in the shade. (laughs) 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 They basically thought that was intensive care. (laughs) And I just remember thinking, oh, these boys are tough. That'd be right. So, uh, yeah, right, mate. Well, uh, what about as far as coaching go, mate? Do you ever do any camp draft clinics? No, no, really. oh, yeah, I done some out west, but I haven't done none down here. Yeah, right. Oh, what? Uh, what do you think the average mistake the guy makes these days that you see? They're drafting, you know, smaller cattle, cattle that probably haven't been worked on a horse. What? What advice could you give to those young camp drafters out there? Oh, just keep your eye on the cattle's head and keep away from them. If it, if it starts wobbling, you just make sure you got control of your horse. Is the main thing. Yep. All right, mate. Well, you're a man of few words, but you did a lot better than I thought, Jeff. I hope uh, hope the people listening doesn't think I talk too much, but I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, geez, I hope this goes for a while because this guy would have a story to tell. <laughs> so, um, mate, I've enjoyed the yarn, Jeff. Um, I really do. Um, I, uh, I hope we catch up soon somewhere, and, and I hope uh, the people listening got just a glimpse of an iconic man of the industry, uh, a true horseman and bushman. And uh, I wish you all the success in the future, mate. Hopefully uh, another Warwick Gold Cup and who knows, maybe a Melbourne, go- a Melbourne Cup. Uh, I don't think that'll happen. But anyway, <laughs> I, reckon you got one, I reckon you got one more Warwick in you, mate. You reckon? Oh, at least one. I'm saying two. Ah, righto. Righto, Jeff. No, well, th- thank you very much for your time, mate. Thank you. Cheers, Jeff. See ya. Bye, mate. You're listening to the Swapping Lies podcast with Scotty Keogh. If you want to take your horsemanship to the next level with downloadable videos, equipment, merch and DVDs with proven results, visit skhorsemanship.com.au and find out why they sell in nine countries. With Scotty's clear, understandable methods with no gimmicks, just authentic horsemanship that will make your next ride a better one. 